0: Abiyawi, Yahweh, again, you have given me breath to share your truth, knowledge, and wisdom to anyone that would have an ear to hear, but more importantly, to listen to your truth, Father God, your truth, knowledge, and wisdom that you share and allow me to be a conduit. Thank you, Father. Abhi Yahweh, aman. Okay, so, brothers and sisters, um, I've got some very important things to share and some things that the Holy Spirit's been putting on my heart and bringing to me. This is the word of God, hear and heed. Listen to the truth, okay? I've already shared with you before that I do not make stuff up so that it makes me some kind of a, oh, wow, uh, you know, that's not what this is about. This is sharing the truth. And for any of you out there who are true believers or want to believe and want to have faith in the Lord God Almighty, that's what this is about. This is only to do my father's business. That's all I am about. I'm not about anything else. I don't get paid for doing anything that I'm doing, except that I'm gonna get a crown when I get all this done because we're all promised that when we finish the race and we hold on, we stay true to the word, we are given a crown. And of course... The crown should be placed at the Lord's feet when we get there on his throne because he is the one that deserves all things. He is with us through all things. He is for us in all things. But there's some troubling things that are coming and I am aware of and then I'm going to share with you and you need to not be, you not to, do not be a label head self-proclaimed Christian, but you need to be a true Christian and be in the word and don't be like those individuals. I've shared this with you that they are deciding that they're going to usurp the authority of Lord God by saying that we don't have to do anything because we win in the end. I read the end of the book. Yeah, I've been to the end of Revelation uh several times, a number of times through my life actually, and then go right back and do it again and didn't even realize that there was um, an actual term for the doing the Bible study the way I've been doing it for decades is called the Regula Fideli. It's the it's a Latin phrase and it means rule of faith. And my the church that I go to, God's house, and our lead pastor, love the man and his wife both have doctorates, but they're not overbearing. They're not. Uh, snooty patooties, they don't look down their nose at anybody else, they lead, they love, they guide. That's what they're doing, they're doing and they're playing out Jesus on this face of this planet but it's not an act with them, you can feel the love exuding from them. And if you don't know what that means, that means it, can, it just pours out of their, their skin, you can feel it, you can sense it, you can, you can. It's it becomes tangible. Okay, that means you can, you can reach out and touch it. And then you have those that I've shared with you are the, um, they have a doctorate, a theological doctorate, and they like people to know it all the time and they're, they're throwing everything they possibly can so you know that they have a degree. Well, big deal, their valuation is minimal. Valuation comes from the Lord God Almighty, not from some certificate that some guy or woman sitting behind a big fancy desk in a big old puff back chair writes on a document and says, yeah, they graduated, they got the right grade, so now they're ready. Now they're theological, they're theologians. They can make decisions for churches, they can make decisions for everyone else. Well, that's not what that means. What that means is they just finished a grade, they finished a class, now, Jesus didn't write any kind of documentation for his disciples when they came to school with him, which is what the disciples were called to do, come and follow him and let him teach you. When they reached to a certain point, he then made them apostles. What does that mean? That means that apostles can go out and they make more disciples. They bring them in and they teach them, they guide them, they direct them, and it's by the word of God, they get no certificate, they might have a letter from a church that they're that they've been attending and they get a letter of introduction they get a letter like that but it doesn't say okay they came here for this amount of time this amount of time this amount of time and now they're now they're officially an apostle. Well, why? Because I said so. Well, who are you? Uh I'm rabbi so and so so and so. Well, sorry but You have no authority. You have no validation. The validation comes from the Lord God Almighty. And it's just like the Pharisees did with Jesus. They tried to establish the fact that he had no authority or that he had no business sharing or teaching the word or telling anybody anything else because he didn't have a letter of, uh, he didn't have letters from the schools that he attended. Well, (laughs) that's okay. I'm getting caught up. I'm getting excited here. But the thing of it is that you have to remember John gives and John was not, did not write him a letter of, uh, it was more a letter of introduction, but probably the most important letter of introduction that anyone has ever gotten or ever seen. And I'm going to read this to you because it's very important and it's also valid for what I share and it's the most valid Scripture, I think, and it's very important that you know and understand so that you read and know exactly who we're talking about. John, beloved John, and he has been called many things. He has been called the apostle whom Jesus loved. Well, May very well be so. And I still have to find something. I haven't found it in scripture yet, but you have these theological wizards that have decided that um, they've made a decision. But without God telling me and leading me to scripture, there are some things here that Salome, who was the mother of James and John, the sons of thunder, that she was Mary's sister, which makes John and James Jesus' earthly cousins. As John the baptizer is, and we know he is because the scriptures tell us that and they readily identify Elizabeth. So we know that, factual. As with James and John, we have to make a summation. But I need to find specific scripture because I don't want to mislead and I don't want to give any misinformation. But back to the important part. And this is what the Pharisees completely missed. And supposedly they read, they, they couldn't have read John because he didn't write it yet when he came, but, but the Pharisees, they read the books of the prophets and they read back to the first. And the Sadducees, they only read the first five scrolls. Again, I've shared this with you, attesting to them being the law of Moses and failing completely to understand. If they had read the scriptures, if they had actually read the scriptures and absorbed and they were paying attention to what they were reading, they would know that what they were saying was false information. It was false doctrine, but yet it's the doctrine that they adhered to and that they wanted to kill my Lord. They wanted to crucify him by saying that he violated the law of Moses and Jesus' retort to that was, I am the law of Moses. Moses was chosen to be a delivery man. He delivered a package that God addressed to the nation. Thou shalt have no other God before me. I shall love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And I shall not take the Lord, thy God's name in vain. And what does that mean? that in itself, I just threw three readily known that everyone should recognize. Be cautious in what you speak. When you talk about God, when you speak about Jesus Christ and you use the Holy Spirit. They are the Holy Trinity, they are the triune. This is the enigma that I share with you. It's the mystery, the great mystery, and we've been told time and time again in places throughout the Bible that it is a mystery knowing God and relating to God. There is no relationship that we can put our finite minds to rest and understanding and knowing because you can't. But there are so many that readily try to figure it out. They have decided that they're not gonna be forgiving because that person doesn't deserve forgiveness. Oh, so wait a minute. So now you're the sovereign Lord God and you decide who deserves forgiveness. So now you've just taken the Lord out of the judgment seat and you put yourself there, you've scooted your little bottom down in that judgment seat, and what you've done by usurping God's authority is you've decried out that he doesn't make that decision for you, that you make that decision for you. And now in doing that, you become susceptible to more of the slings and arrows and the the filth from the devil, and you have put yourself in that position by choosing To not forgive as God tells us to. God tells us that for a reason. Because it is what Jesus would do. Just like back in the day, WWJD, I think it was, uh, What Would Jesus Do? And then they made the little trinkets and all that. And they made his name Vain. They made it into vanity by all these little trinkets and all this stuff. We must be cautious. And I'll remind you, I'll tell you because I've explained it to you before and I'll remind you again. I'm gonna be, the devil's attacking and trying to do things. So I'm gonna sip some coffee at the same time I'm talking. That'd be interesting. So hence the... Brief pause. So... When you use God's name in vain, you have to be cautious. The Bible actually tells us these things. That you, don't, you don't bless somebody that you don't know and you don't know that they're doing the right thing and then uh, they're very egregious activity and they hurt people and they harm people and all this thing. And then they come up and they get smart with you or something like that. And then you might say and throw something and say, well, God bless you anyway. Have a great day, and you, you you half-heartedly do so, and then you walk away. Well, What you're doing in reality, and this is scriptural, this is from the Bible, is you're praying to God that he would look the other way when they do these things. Oh, yes, that's what it means. And if you don't wanna hear the truth and you don't wanna listen to the truth, that's your choice, that's fine. But my validation comes from heaven above and your validation isn't what matters to me. I'm sharing this because the Holy Spirit and I have had a really pretty an all-nighter, pretty much so. And these thoughts and these processes have been going through the head and he's been talking to me and, and toying with my sleep process and keeping me agitated for this. And it's going to be important that you focus. And the important thing that we've been talking about, and we've been talking about this on, on through John and through the mandate and through the um, through all these things that we were talking about, it's important to focus. And Paul talks about it. Peter talks about it. We have to focus on the Lord. The Lord needs to be central. Let me let me share something with you here. That oh, I I was thinking about this, and the Holy Spirit didn't slow me down any, but importantly, let's let's go back to uh, John because this is why the Lord needs to be central in everything that we do. This is in John 1, starting at 1. This is so vital. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, understand me understand this writing john is trying to get us to understand and focus that not only was the word comes from god and that the word was god so now they're showing you that the 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 unity of god and jesus And he's telling you, and the same was in the beginning with God. From the outset, the beginning when God created and did all things, all things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. Nothing that God spoke and came to being was done without the word and the word being with him and in him. Are you hearing this? God merely spoke it to be so. God merely spoke it to be so, the word. And they're telling us that the word being in and with God, present with God in the very beginning, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. What happens when you turn on the light in the room? You see the shadows flee. Well, you have to understand that the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ has that same, is the same because he's called the light of the world. And when he comes in and the light comes on, as it did in the upper room, was dark and shadowy and they kept kept the, the candles dim and trimmed down because they were afraid that the Jews that had crucified their Lord was coming for them and they were. They were hunting them down. They were going to kill them. So what did they do? They locked themselves in the upper room. And then they noticed that the room became brighter and lighter because the light of the world entered the upper room that they were locked in and huddled down in fear. And he came in and he told them, he said, peace, peace be with you. Peace that I give you because I have overcome the world. Not the peace that the world tries to give, because there is nothing in this world or on this planetary plane of existence can give give you peace of mind. The only peace that we can obtain is through our Lord, and He is Jehovah Shalom, God of Peace, Lord of Peace, and the Hebrews. And and this is I've shared this already. Shalom, shalom is not as now my new greeting for people. And what does that tell them? Peace, God's peace. I am wishing that for them. When I meet at church or when I say hello, peace, God's peace. Because there is no peace in the face of this earth. And that is not a vain use of the Lord. That is something that I desire for everyone to have, even those that are not so kind to one another. But I am praying that the Lord would give us all his peace. Give us all his peace. And his desire for my being about his business is that all have the opportunity to repent and be rescued. Jesus, Savior, Emmanuel, God in us, God with us. Christ, anointed of God. We are called for his purpose but it's also something I have to share with you because the Holy Spirit's been talking to me pretty much all night about it. My thoughts have been there. And it's an important word. So I need to share this with you, but I'm gonna finish over here in John. 1.6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. We're talking about John the baptizer. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not." John the Beloved is writing about John the baptizer. He's talking about the experience that Jesus had. And I shared that experience when Jesus went to his own village, Nazareth, where he went because of the compassion for his mother. And what did they do? They rejected him. They said, hey, we know who you are. You're that carpenter's kid. You're the son of of Joseph and Mary. We know your family. We know your brothers and sisters. We know you. You have no authority here to be speaking like that. See, they took on that pharisaical attitude. They were practicing Phariseism because, of course, they'd been surrounded for so long. And they had those that were within the flock who were preaching the same thing. Derisiveness, hatred, rejection, So they didn't want to hear the truth and they didn't recognize the truth and they received them not. And when Jesus left and he tried to teach us about that, when he was answering questions that the disciples were throwing at him, and he told them, he said, a prophet is not welcome in his own home. They rejected him. They turned him about. There was hardly anything he could possibly do because they exhibited such little faith. Little to none. And the Lord didn't leave because he felt rejected. The Lord left because he was absolutely rejected and they did not want to choose to hear anything he had to say. I'm sure the, the Lord felt the uh, pity for them. I mean, he came after all, um, the empathy that he came to walk about and know these things that we would feel and know of. I'm sure that he he felt within himself an amount of sadness because they rejected him. They didn't want to hear the truth. Here's the thing. I share this word with you because it's the truth, knowledge, and the wisdom that comes from God. And I will only speak his truth, knowledge, and wisdom. This isn't just to puff me up and make me a, a big time guy and everybody goes, ooh, ah, listen to what they say. And I've been paying attention to what's going on in this world. And there are many out there that do that very thing, that they declare themselves this and that, and this and that, and this and that. Well, I've got to reject them just like I do with the political ranting and ravings that are going on because that gets folks agitated and upset and disturbed. And that's not what the Lord is about. And remember this, that condemnation, confusion, blame, ridicule does not come from God. It does not come from God. That comes from one place and one place only. That comes from Satan. So I warn you in this, and and I'm going to get into this warning and heed what I say because it's very important that you hear what I have to say because it comes from the Holy Spirit. As I said, we've been... been, It wasn't like... uh, I'm not gonna use the term um, wrestle, but we were kind of back and forth. I was lying in my bed and I wasn't sleeping and I had things on my mind and I was looking things up and um, I came to this world, this, this word and the Holy Spirit came to me and we started, <laughs> we started a conversation that pretty much lasted all night through the morning hours and he allowed me to doze off and nap a little and then we got to it again. What that tells me is this is important and this truth, this knowledge that the Holy Spirit provides. It is an important thing that we have to listen to. And when you start getting individuals that come out and they start, to, and this is even within the body and this is where it's gonna start getting, it's gonna heat up here in a minute. This is in our adoption letter, which is found in the book of Romans and the chapter eight toward the first part of Romans, but it's important because it tells us a lot of things. And this is our adoption letter from the Lord God Almighty, our sovereign Lord, who was through Paul. And let me remind you the story. Some of you might not know it, might not have heard it, and don't remember me saying it. Saul who used to work for both the Romans and the Jewry, those upper echelon individuals that are practiced the Pharisees and were hunting down those that believed Uh, back in those days, it was called the way they weren't called Christian yet. That term had not come to bear. Uh, They were told they were called the way because they were trying to practice Jesus's way. And that's what they that phrase was coined to talk about those who would be later on called Christian. And those two nomenclatures are rather important because they were trying to be in the way. They were practicing the way that Jesus was, is, and always shall be. And Christian, Christ-like, from Christ, of Christ, that term is used for people from a certain place um, when you call them that with that suffix on the end of the title that means that that's where they're from and there are ways that we have to know that that's where they're from brothers and sisters you don't need to put a tape label on the on your forehead saying i'm christian or you don't need to have this label that or self-proclaim and yet you don't act like it because let me tell you this We are watched all the time. We are being watched all the time. No sidetrack, back to the case. Romans eight, verse one, heads the adoption letter. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, whom walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hmm. That in a, and of itself is important analogy right there, a verbal analogy of what we talk about, the, the, the triune spirit. It comes from God. And you get that by believing in Christ Jesus, anointed of God, Jesus. And that we don't walk after those things that are carnal and down here on this earth, but that we walk after the Holy Spirit because he's leading our way just like it tells us to do in the book of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That verse tells us that we don't lean into our own understanding, but instead we follow the Spirit. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. What does that mean? That means said it will fill you up. You're not going to hunger because he's going to freed you. And remember the term that's used. Jesus actually is given this sort of analogy in several places in the scriptures. He is the bread of life. He is our meat which means that he is going, and he is our portion, which means that he's going to feed us and sustain us and keep us strong and healthy in the spirit of the Lord and the way that we should be. Okay, now here comes the heavy handedness. And some of you might not want to hear it. Well, that's just unfortunate. And I'm going to share with you something that I share on a regular basis, not to be, not in animosity or anger, And sadness is where it comes from. So when you hear me say things like, I don't care or it doesn't matter to me. Well, that's number one, that's truth because I don't care for your validation. Your validation doesn't matter to me because the validation of Lord God Almighty that comes through the Holy Spirit is the only validation that does matter to me. And when he tells me to deliver his truth and his word, You better believe that I'm going to be doing it and I'm going to be doing it his way because his way is my way, period. And when those that I tell you come and they look, they'll find me and I just pray. And I ask you to pray that my strength be appropriate enough and that I don't cower in fear and allow fearfulness to drive my reaction because there will be many that will. And the Bible tells us this. I think we're going to need to get into the book of Revelation because there's many that I already know that will refuse to understand. They're going to refuse to look and they're going to just say, oh, that's just doomsday. That's just that's just this or that's just that. They're going to have many things.